In today's show, I'm going to go through things which I have, you know, labeled tips to win your league. We'll see if that's actually true, but I think they're important things for everyone to pay attention to. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. I thought I'd just throw this sneaky little video in here. Um unabashedly, I know that if I put a title of this video here, it's going to get people to watch. And I am in no, by no means telling you that these are foolproof tips. These are not the things, you know, we're not out here saying, if you do this, you will win your league because that's clearly garbage, right? It just is. And anyone who claims that is lying. Anyone who says, if you do this, you will win, they are lying. I'm telling you now, despite this title here, get people in, but also to, to educate people that, you know, don't follow the garbage. Don't follow the rubbish that is out there. Don't get sucked into three easy tips to dominate your league or whatever bullshit you might see, right? What we're here to do is go through some important points. Some of it is, and we've done a show on this, you know, dominating snake leagues, all that sort of stuff. Most of this stuff here is for stuff after the draft. It's a few specific things for this season as well. It's, it's sort of a companion to that video, but this is just a few reminders as we're one week away from the start of the NBA season. And I thought it would be just a nice little refresher. I don't even know how long this show is going to go for. We will find out. Warney, what do you reckon? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've got three Bs to help win your league. Three Bs. Be active, be patient, and be prepared. So what does it mean? Again, this is not foolproof stuff, but be active. Like, pay attention to what's going on in the NBA. Pay attention to what's going on in your league. Pay attention to who's on your fantasy roster. Pay attention to who gets hurt. Have alerts set. Be active. Be looking at your roster. Make your lineup changes. Put your active players into the active slots. Put the guys who aren't playing onto the bench. Be ready to make the waiver moves. Be active. If you're not active, you're not going to win. Simple as that. If you're checking in on your league, even if it's a weekly changes league, and you check in once a week to set a lineup, you won't win because you won't have known what's gone on for those previous seven. Look, another great way to do it is listen to this show and to fight to keep up with information. But if you're just checking in once a week, you know, I'll add this guy because he's the top of the most added players list, you won't win. I feel pretty confident in saying this. This doesn't guarantee that you win, but if you do the opposite, you won't win. You've got to be active. You've got to be uh, engaged. You've got to be on top of what's going on across the NBA and with your fantasy team and in your fantasy league. Be patient, I think, is one of the biggest things. And this happens every single season to multitudes of fantasy teams. Do not overreact in week one or week two. Do not do it. A guy you drafted in round six shoots 20% over the first week. Oh, fuck, he's done. I'm dropping him. Like, calm down. 
All right, you will often just lose. The first couple of weeks in the NBA season is wild. Weird stuff happens. Weird shooting performances happen. Re- random stuff happens all the time. Do not panic in that first week. Be patient. There is a fine line to straddle here in terms of the being patient, right? You drafted a guy round four, round five, he's struggling. Don't drop him. Don't trade him. Be patient. Someone's going off on the waiver wire. Don't be patient. Add him. Know who your worst player is. If you've got Contavious Caldwell-Pope sitting on your bench, if you've got Aaron Gordon sitting on your bench, if you've got one of these other spuds who has no upside sitting on your bench, get rid of them. Cycle them out. And even if the player who went bananas, say Delano Banton goes 15-7-7, and playing 25 minutes off the Raptors bench, you go, wow, I don't think there's any chance of that happening, but I might as well have a crack at it. That's straddling the line. It's not dropping Jamal Murray because he tweaks his ankle and he's out for a week in week one. Oh, injured again. You don't do that. It's about looking at those low upside players. It's about looking, say you took a flyer on, um, let's say Jamal Kane, who's the name I love bringing up. You took him with your last pick and we get to game one and he's out of the rotation, right? You don't need to be patient on that. You go and grab that Delano Banton player who went bananas and then you make that switch. You, you have a crack. You, you, the reason for these last rounds is to take flyers on players is to try to see what happens and see where their rotation role sits. If Santiel Dharma plays 14 minutes a night on opening night, we know that his value is limited later anyway for when Jaron returns. We took that flyer, and if he does nothing there and there's someone else that does actually pop off and has a role that we didn't expect, make the switch. So it's about being patient at the right spots, but also being proactive at the right spots and understanding the difference. Dropping Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who might be the 120th best player every single week of the fantasy season, to get a guy who might pop for top 70 value for two weeks, you do it every day. But someone who's a top 70 player who's 250th for the first two weeks because just they're shooting 4% from three or have had a couple of random injuries that have cost them some time, like don't make that move. Don't be panicky with something like that. And be prepared. You, sh- you need to be prepared for whether that is your draft, whether that is week one, whether that is your opponent, whether that's whatever it is, you need to be prepared. You need to understand what's going on across the league. You need to understand the format of your league. You need to understand, do I have a weekly limits on games played, a weekly limit on acquisitions? Do I have a season limit on acquisitions, which happens? Do I have a games cap for the season in a roto league? If you're not prepared for those things, you'll make early mistakes. Do I know how fab works? Figure it out. It's before you make that mistake, be prepared. Some things can be rectified later on in, in a season. Some things can't. Like if, if you lose week one, don't panic either. That's another thing. Like you, you understand that you will lose. So many people will lose week one. Right? Obviously, half of you will lose week one. Hopefully not half of viewers to this. Um, be, be prepared. Understand what is actually happening across your league, and it will put you in a pretty strong spot to um, you know, to have success as the season goes on. Come back and talk more about that in a second as I bring the wrong thing up on the screen, but we might as well. Do, I will do that now anyway because we're looking here at the NBA season starting, and Price Picks is a great way to get involved in the NBA season. You go in there, and they have all these player projection lines set. 
right? Whether it is uh, Luka Doncic and his points or Kevin Durant's rebounds or Trey Young's assists, they set a line, a six and a half, a projection, and then you go, I'll take over or under. You get two to five of those individual player line projections, you push them together, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It's not just NBA. It's other sports too, NFL, Major League Baseball, and you can put them all together. Uh, PGA, college sports, basketball, football, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket even. Throw them all together and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. It's safe and fast withdrawals and it's currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, let's take a look at some other tips that you might use to win your league and bash your opponents and, uh, you know, all that, all that cool stuff. Um, take swings. Like I've already mentioned this a little bit. Take some swings. Right, if I'm gonna just go back to the Delano Banton example, I don't know why he's in my mind that way. Um, maybe it's Tari Eason, who if you're on your waiver wire, it's a perfect time. Just take a swing and see what happens. Right, take swings. The back end of your roster, your 11th, 12th, 13th round player, a lot of the time is expendable, and you get a general look. And they might look. You might have drafted look, Tari Eason. You might draft him around 13. and you're in a daily changes league, and you get to uh, the first two games, and he plays five minutes in each game. And you go, okay. How long do I wait on this? And the answer in most of those formats is you don't. You just move him on. And you take a swing on the next guy. And you take a swing on the next guy. And you take a swing on the next guy. And one of those guys might hit and stabilize his top 60 rest of season. But in general, they don't. And you use that spot to stream in and get extra value and get extra games played um, across that roster spot, which is not something that you're going to get in other areas. One other thing that I think is important, and you can use your last draft pick for this, is look at week one. Right, use your last draft pick as a waiver wire move. Look at week one. In particular, look at the Clippers, look at the Lakers, and look at the Philadelphia 76ers. They play three games. No, no team plays four, but they play three games on the low volume days. In particular, you look at the Sixers who play Tuesday, they play Thursday, they play Saturday. It's a great schedule. It's a great schedule. So the value of drafting DeAnthony Melton late you might end up dropping him, but you might actually get three games out of him in the first week. Whereas if you draft, um, say, a Pelicans guy, a back-end player, Trey, Trey Murphy, you might only use him once this week because they have only one quality game for the week. The Lakers have Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Not quite as good of a schedule as the Sixers, but still pretty solid. Like, there, there is ways of the, the Clippers. They've got an interesting schedule. They've got Thursday, And then they have the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. Of course, that means that probably Kawhi is going to sit one of those. And then the boost in Batum and Morris and and, um, Norman Powell happens over that weekend. So drafting Norm Powell with your last pick, you get three quality games, including a weekend back-to-back. You're drafting John Wall with that last pick, you probably only get two games out of him. Maybe Reggie Jackson gets a boost. So looking at week one with your last draft pick, with the Sixers having the best schedule, the Lakers next, and then, and then the Clippers, like so try these guys. Try Kendrick Nunn. Try DeAnthony Melton. Try Paul Reed even if you wanted to in a slightly deeper format. Have a crack with Patrick Beverly. Have a look at Austin Reeves in a deeper format because you will get some week one value and then you probably move on. 
but it is a good way to get ahead up there. Don't trade to trade. People get hard over trading. People will finish their draft literally four weeks ago. Oh, what do you think of this trade in my league? My immediate reaction is, why are you trading? What are you doing? What's changed? Preseason hasn't started, and we're making all these moves. What are you doing? People love trading because they love trading. I'm going to be a GM one day, and I'm going to throw all these trades out there. And almost invariably, which is not probably the right use of that word, you screw yourself over because you're just so desperate to get a trade done that you do a trade, and it stuffs you up. That just happens. I find that in the most competitive leagues, there are very few trades. Very few. Because the managers are savvy and they're not just throwing willy-nilly deals out four for four trades. Here's a third of my team for a third of your team, which increases so much variance. And honestly, the bigger you get in those trades, the more likely it is for both teams to lose. And remember, a trade is not win-loss. It might be win-win. It might be loss-loss. It might be completely neutral. You don't have to win. You don't get, you're not guaranteed to win. There's not guaranteed to even be a winner. Be cautious with trading. Don't trade because you want to trade. Trade because it makes your team better. Your immediate reaction, I think, to every trade offer you receive should be no. Doesn't mean you have to hit decline straight away on it, but your immediate reaction on looking at a trade should be no. And then you look at it closer and go, oh, maybe. Rather than like, oh, trade, let's go, let's accept it, and then try and talk yourself out of it. Make sure you have to talk yourself into a trade. I think that's a better way of looking at it. Talk yourself into it. Now, it might be a trade that has amazing value, but don't ever, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, don't look at a deal and don't come into it and go, well, I know this guy is going to be better, so therefore I'll make the deal, because you don't. Like you, you don't. Outside of a few examples, you don't. I don't. Don't trade just to trade. Shooting varies, especially early in the season. It's competitive basketball, a new level from preseason, new fits for a lot of players. There will be random shooting numbers which stick out like dog's balls early on. Someone will come in, Tyrese Maxey, and score 20 points, 25 points a game on 80% shooting over two games. You go, oh, he's figured it out. He's taking it. It's an all-star. It's an all-star. And then, you know, in week four or week five, he'll have a stretch of shooting 20%. And we won't notice it as much. And then the flip side will happen. Someone will come out, Luca will shoot 30% for the first week. And you go, oh my God. Has he forgotten how to play? Trey Young can't fit with DeJounte because he went 20, uh, 20% on threes in the first two games. Oh, why did I do? I wasted my first pick. This guy can't shoot. Like, shooting varies amazingly. It is crazy how much game-to-game variance there is in shooting percentages. And that, that really gets amplified early. Because when you're looking at it at week nine, if someone has a couple of bad games... Your immediate instinct is to just go look at their season-long numbers, and it doesn't impact too much. If you look at season-long numbers after two games and someone's shooting 15%, you're going to be like, this is disgusting. Why are, they, why are they only averaging eight points? Why are they giving me 12 fantasy points when they averaged 30 last season? Well, the reason is, is the shots aren't going in at anywhere near what they're supposed to. Shooting varies a lot, and the impact of it is absolutely amplified early in the season. Built Bar is amplified as well. It's amplified to be the number one protein bar in the world. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs yet? You should. They are delicious. And they've got the indulgent cookie dough flavor, which if you haven't tried it, you have to. It's covered in chocolate. Built has done it again. It's a nice chewy texture. The real cookie dough chunks, and of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. 160 calories only. 
jam-packed with a whopping 15 grams of protein. So run to Built.com and snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. We know that these are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar bars, but jam-packed full of protein and absolutely off the Richter scale in terms of their taste. So head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKEDON15. Built Bar is built different. Okay. Let's look at the last bunch of stuff here. Be wary of ranks, right? I always say be wary of drafting just off a list of players. And you'll hear me talk at times, oh, I don't like this guy at this spot, unless it's at this spot, unless my team needs this. I'm more looking for strengths of players. I'm looking for needs of players. I'm looking for skill sets of players. I'm looking for statistical value of players. I'm looking at statistical scarcity versus this guy's ranked 60th and this guy's ranked 64th. And even more important, once the season kicks off, or tips off, actually, that's more appropriate. Oh, man, this guy's... And I'll reference ranks because it's an easy way to say it, but also it's important to understand that how quickly something can change. You get zero steals in a week, or you get two steals in a week, right? It is two plays out of, say, 300 possessions. That's 150 defensive possessions. It's two plays, right? And that changes your rank by 70 spots. Go, man, he's only 200th. Whew. That's really, really bad. Um, or on the flip side of that, you're in a trade. Well, this guy is the 200th ranked player. How can I trade him for someone who's 60th? When, you know, just don't let your valuation of players be guided by these rank numbers, which yeah, there's some arbitrariness to them, I think. Arbitrariness? Arbitrarity? I don't know. There's... Sometimes we just love a ranking list so much. The top 50 players in the NBA. Oh, how can you have him at 40 and he's at 38? Like, it's, it doesn't matter. All right, if someone's ranked 90th or someone's ranked 60th, the difference between that's a real bee's dick. Like, it's not actually that big of a difference. And small changes can impact that. You play 34 minutes or 35. Wow, you've just jumped 20 spots. How? An extra minute. That is all it takes. This point is important. You do not know everything. I do not know everything. I know not even close to everything. So when you come out there and go, I'll just draft the best player available. How do you know who the best player available is? I don't know who the best player available is. You don't know. Oh, I'm going to get this guy because he's just a better player. All right, but what if he's not? Understand that you there is a level of variance in everything and players can jump wildly up and down in valuations, in minutes, in form, in shooting in defensive prowess, in ball handling responsibilities. You don't know how it will pan out. Understand that you don't know. Understanding what you don't know or that there are things that you don't know is so important rather than going in and go, well, I know this is going to happen. I don't know shit. I don't know what stuff's going to happen. I have my guesses and I try and base it off multiple sources and reports and uh, precedents and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. And it's why you know the best player available argument is often um, pretty dull to me because best player according to what? Like, how do you make that judgment? And it's like people vetoing a trade, which again, never do it. Never do it. Don't have league vote vetoes. Oh, this is unfair because this player is better than this one. Is he? Maybe he's not. You see random stuff happen every time in seasons. Just accept that you don't know it. And you, you strive to learn and you strive to adapt and you strive to understand, but you don't know it I don't know it. And whenever whenever you listen to me speak, 
Whenever you're listening to this show or watching this show and I'm providing analysis of waiver wires or trades or performances, right? Understand that I don't know what's going to happen and I will very rarely come out here and say, this is 100% going to happen. I just won't because I don't know. And the more you accept that I don't know, and even I, I'm going to be wrong lots of times. Use what I say as a data point. Use your own information as a data point. Think logically through it. Push it together and make calls. I'm here to be informative, entertaining, and provide analysis. But yeah, I'm probably going to strike out on those things often. Make sure you understand that you don't know everything and that I don't know everything. And we learn as we go along. Be ready to pivot. What's my team? Is it a, is it a punt assist team? Maybe. But what if this random center that I drafted now averages six assists? I don't know who that is, but what if it happens? What if Bambi goes back to a six assist player? What if Towns becomes a seven assist player and a pseudo point guard on that team? And you thought you were punting assists, but now you're actually winning it every week. Or you thought you were a great three-point shooting team and then those guys are marginalized in a different offense. Just change things up. You drafted guys with good free throws. Shout out to CJ McCollum and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook or Andrew Wiggins in previous seasons. And now they're 64% shooters or Christian Wood. Go, man, I thought I had good free throws. Well, you know what? You don't now. So make adjustments based on that. Be ready to change. Volume. We talked about it already. Make your last draft pick a Sixers player. Someone who you can get those extra games out of. Get volume. In any head-to-head category and specifically points formats, Use your last couple of roster spots to get volume in. Get more games in and get them on the low volume days. Work out how many ads you've got for the week. Unlimited ads for the week? Use your last two to three roster spots just to churn every day. You got four ads for the week? You probably just use one roster spot. You got seven ads? You can use two roster spots to churn. Eight games, nine games, 10 games out of two roster spots versus say six, regardless of the quality of the player to a degree, right, is so important to win. It's so important. And just so my people playing rotisserie leagues don't feel left out, watch your pace. In a roto league, in general, the active spots have 82 games played. If you have one of your starters, Kyle Lowry, for example, at point guard, and he misses a game in week one or week two, don't think that you have to then go to your bench and slot in and replace him. I will often just leave my lineup unchanged unless someone's out for a long period of injury or the guy on the bench is looking like a better option to switch them in. There comes a point if you leave it too late in the season, you can't catch up those missed games, but it's usually middle of the year where you start to look and you always want to be behind pace in games played in a roto league so that you've got the ability to say, well, oh, look at this. I'm actually way ahead in assists, but I'm down in rebounds. And if I sacrifice some of my assist guys and grab some big men in here, I can stream them and gain roto points in that category. And you've got that extra volume to be able to gain those roto points because you haven't gone hard early. You'll see the guy that jumps to the top of your roto league early in the season who is you know, five, six games over pace at every position because every day they're treating it like a head-to-head league where they're just putting in whoever plays goes into an active spot. And if you don't play, you go into a bench and they just maximize games. Don't do it. You catch up later in the season, mid-year versus doing it early on. And that will do it for this little video. I hope that gave you some tips. As we head into this season, there's going to be more mock drafts coming today, but I hope this gave you some help and advice heading into the start of the season. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up and you drop your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.